We're actually changing the entire geopolitical balance of energy on a worldwide basis because we are now an, an exporter of oil and of natural gas from, from this country. So we have the ability to support our allies, have energy security for, for ourselves and for other parts of the world and, and really um, bring a balancing factor and greater freedom to uh, worldwide economic growth. And then the, the second you know, major non-industry imperative is bringing, frankly, clean air to some of the most polluted cities in the world. Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm Nate Abercrombie, the host of the only investing podcast that gives everyone the chance to hear public company CEOs and CFOs describe their business and provide the investment case for their company. In this episode, the Stock Podcast is really excited to bring you an interview with Tellurian's CEO, Meg Gentle. Tellurian is an LNG company. And if you don't know what LNG is, well, you really need to listen to this episode. LNG is one of the fastest growing exports in the U.S., why? Because the cost to produce natural gas in the U.S. has come down a lot. And that's because domestic supply has grown leaps and bounds with the advances that the oil and gas industry has made with a technology called fracking. And I imagine everybody out there has heard of fracking, so I won't get into that. But this commodity needs a home, and it's companies like Tellurian that make it possible to send the natural gas to international markets. So just really quickly on the financials, Tellurian has a market cap of about $1.9 billion at the time of this recording, about $60 million in debt, and a little more than $130 million in cash, bringing the total enterprise value to just shy of $1.8 billion. Tellurian's ticker symbol is T-E-L-L. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Tellurian's CEO, Meg Gentle. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's going to be a pleasure talking about your business and your industry. Thank you, Nate, for having me. Could we first just start off talking about your background? How did you get into the industry and, and how did you find yourself at Tellurian? Sure. Gosh, I've been in the natural gas business now for about 25 years. So don't like to admit it's been that many years. <laughs> I actually uh, started working for Anadarko Petroleum and uh, did a lot of international gas projects for them and worked for about 13 years with Chenier Energy through the import terminal days and the export terminal days. I was the CFO of Chenier when we raised all the capital for Sabine Pass, so about $20 billion of, of capital, equity, and debt. And then I moved to London to build Chenier Marketing which I think is now the 13th largest LNG marketer uh, on a worldwide basis. And when I came back from London, I decided to join the team at Tellurian to start a new company and build LNG infrastructure in the Gulf Coast. So that brings us to today. Could you just tell me a little bit about what Tellurian does? Tellurian was formed in early 2016 to build a new company for LNG terminal infrastructure and also, you know, other infrastructure development on the Gulf Coast. We have plans to build a 28 million ton LNG facility in Louisiana. And we're actually developing that on a joint venture partnership basis. So we're raising the equity um, for that terminal by selling partnership interest to the rest of the LNG market. 
and we're ready to start construction this year and deliver our first LNG in 2023. So for, for listeners who don't really know what LNG is or they're not familiar with the industry, it, it'd be really great to have just an overview of what LNG is, what does it stand for, first of all, and then just if you could just talk about the history of the industry, that would be really helpful. Oh, wow. Back to the Stone Age days. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's for liquefied natural gas. And it's actually natural gas that is transported on ships at very cold temperatures, negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit, which uh, reduces, you know, the mass of the gas and allows it to be uh, transported in, in much larger volume. And the industry has been in existence for about 60, maybe almost 70 years now. Um, Originally, the very first producers of of LNG were Indonesia and Alaska, actually. Um, And the industry grew grew by um, transporting from the producing area directly to the customer. And then the ship would come back to the uh, producer and back to the customer. So it was very point to point, we like to say. And since uh, it takes a lot of capital to build a liquefaction plant to basically super cool the gas, Um, That capital investment was supported by long-term contracts that were very strict in what each of the counterparties could do. If we fast forward many decades, the U.S. started increasing its natural gas production in excess of what the U.S. and, frankly, North American market can consume. And so we built some LNG export terminals, the first one was Chenier Energy's terminal in the lower 48 in Louisiana that came online in uh, 2016. And that has really changed everything about the market because the gas from the US is destination flexible. So instead of point to point, the big LNG traders are taking the gas and they can put it on their vessel and move it to whatever is the you know country or market willing to pay uh, the highest price for it. So today we like to talk about the LNG market as uh, finally becoming a grown-up commodity like the oil market trades. And in that context, we, the LNG producers, have had to start thinking about different business models um, for selling that gas. So with the birth of Tellurian as a new company, uh, this is some of the work we've been doing to try to bring LNG to the market with greater flexibility and frankly, lower and lower cost. Just a, one quick question. And this is something that I was, I've always been curious about, but is an LNG molecule the same no matter where it's produced? So if the import terminals and the regasification terminals, can any given regasification terminal accept LNG from any point across the globe? Or are they calibrated in such a way that they need to have one specific type, uh, you know, say it's from the Permian Basin or, or whatever? It's about 90% fungible. So the only difference from one, you know, vessel carrying LNG to the next is actually how much propane might be commingled 
with the natural gas. So, so natural gas is really uh, almost pure methane, but uh, it's naturally produced out of the ground, uh, actually, you know, associated with even oil sometimes. But often um, the propane, butane, and ethane, uh, which are, you know, very similar, you know, molecular structure to methane, are, are left together with the methane. So some producing areas in the world send everything together in the vessel. And so the, the vessel has higher energy content when it reaches the destination country. And some countries prefer that kind of high energy content, but the you know equipment can usually handle uh, any of the vessels that, that come in, as long as the berth is large enough to accept the size of the vessel. So it is much more standard than the, than the uh, oil business. If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit stockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, And depending on the membership that you purchase, you can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast, and so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.